This is Pop Fiction Women. I'm Corinne. I'm Kate. And we're complicated. Blunt. Total boss. But sometimes a mess. Opinionated. But never boring. And in this podcast, we're discussing the complicated women of the best books, TV, and movies. Along with the complicated women behind the scenes. Warning, lots of spoilers ahead. So come back when you're done. Hurry up, it's starting. This is an unexpected episode today. We had been planning, yeah, we had been planning a recap of HBO's run for months. But then we got this added bonus of Phoebe Waller-Bridge's one-woman show of Fleabag, which was released a couple days ago in order to raise money for COVID relief. If you're not Fleabag geeks like we are, (laughs) you might not automatically see the connection. So Phoebe Waller-Bridge and Vicki Jones, the creator of Run, have been friends for some time. Vicky is the inspiration for the character of Boo, Boo. in Fleabag. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And Vicky directed Fleabag for the stage, and she was Phoebe's sounding board as she wrote the television version. So they're a pair we have admired for some time now. And Vicky Jones created and wrote HBO's run. Phoebe is what they say, quote unquote, attached as executive producer. And she plays a small role in it as well. But it's really Vicki Jones's baby. There, that's the connection between the two segments of this episode. So we'll start with Fleabag, the one woman show. And then we'll discuss the premiere episode of Run. How does that sound? It sounds fantastic. Two yeah. of my favorite things. Okay, so Fleabag, the one woman show. The evolution of this show in all its forms is a long and slow one, mm. but also kind of easy to sum up, right? Yeah. Vicky and Phoebe started a theater company called Dry Right to showcase new voices in theater. They started with these 10-minute bits where a writer was assigned a true crime headline, and then they had to explain what they did. Each character had to explain what they did and why they did it and at the end the audience would vote whether they were guilty or not guilty (laughs) such a great idea yes it is although curious how they managed to do that when they didn't charge admission and they didn't pay the writers I mean I guess that's I assume they were paying rent though anyway who knows I like to know yeah Yeah. I like to know the business model behind (laughs) that but whatever so at some point in their dry right time Phoebe wrote a short, presumably 10-minute bit that would end up becoming the start of Fleabag. Vicky and Phoebe took this little bit to a producer who got them into the Edinburgh Fringe Festival in 2013. And in the audience, a BBC producer saw the show, loved it, and commissioned it as a TV series. And then that will really be the crux of our conversation today, comparing and contrasting the play to the show. So let's start with what was similar. A lot, right? Yes, it's, a lot. The play is very similar to the first season of the television show. There are entire scenes in there, really verbatim, yeah, but just translated for the screen. So another character is there. And the one-woman show, obviously, is just her. So she's often doing other per- people's voices, but... Mm-hmm. And then some of the bits are kind of shifted around in order. Yeah. Um, Right. The play starts off with, interestingly, a job interview, which doesn't make a ton of sense since she really does want to save the cafe. So that smartly becomes a meeting with a loan officer in the show. Yeah. But that interview that becomes the loan officer is 
the the thing that bookends both the play and the show, which I thought was really interesting. Yes, exactly. Yeah. There's a lot, though. You're right. I think yeah. it just moved around mm-hmm. a, a bit. But, I mean, the general storylines are really there. Her difficult family dynamics. Yeah. You know, the breakups with Harry. The yes. Lo- the loss of her mother to cancer. Boo's right. death. Obviously, mm-hmm. the guinea and, pig. And all of it behind it, yes. Yeah, the guinea, the guinea pig. pig cafe and the sh- that it's struggling, though you're right. I think it was much smarter in the show to have her seeking a loan to save the cafe than yes. trying to get some job doing clerical yes. work or something. Right. Her right. colorful sex life and love of mm-hmm. masturbation are in yes. both. Um, Obama, the Obama yes. thing is in there. Yes, it is. Though yeah. Zach Efron apparently is... Uh, oh, right. Is yes, that's someone right. she gets uh, uh, hot for in the play, which I guess is... I don't know. I, I like it was the probably wasn't. Yeah, it wasn't as interesting as the Obama one. You got to lose one of them. Yeah, that would be the one. The feminist lectures uh-huh. are in there mm-hmm. uh, with her sister, with Claire. Claire getting the job in Finland and not taking right. it doesn't That's happen right. until season two of the show. Yes, which yes. Um, was interesting. Obviously, her husband and their relationship and how much of a lech he is mm-hmm. is is woven in the play too. Yeah, so a lot, a lot the same. But nothing about the similarities really shine for me. Every part of what is in the play that was in the show, I thought was much better. And part of it is uh, she had more time to work on it. And then also the medium of TV as opposed to a one woman show, which is challenging in and of itself. So everything that was very similar just felt more flat to me having watched the TV show first, right? Absolutely, yeah. But what did stand out for me were the differences. And I mean, those really kind of jumped out at you. Whereas if you saw the play first, I don't think any part of it would have jumped out at you. But the differences when you've when you've already seen the show, and some of them really worked and some of them didn't really work. Right. I thought, notably, it was very British, the play. It is. That's true. There's yeah, that was something that kind of stood out to me. There was vocabulary that we as Americans aren't familiar with or don't really use. Uh, fag for cigarette is pretty common. Mm-hmm. Plats for braids. Yeah. Fringe. Yeah. Fringe for, for bangs. bangs. Right. Yeah. So you could, but you could get all of those from the context of the conversation, or even while having watched the show, you could see Claire come in with braids and she's calling them plats. You could figure it out. But I actually had to look up. BAP. Oh, did you? I, no, I didn't even look yeah. it up. What, what? Oh, okay. So she describes her vagina looking like a little BAP that's been dropped on the floor of a oh, hairdresser's. Yes. What yeah. is? I think I wanted to, and then I got distracted. I'm so oh, glad that man. you did. I could not. I couldn't gloss over that. Yeah. I um, opened my phone immediately to look it up, and I was wondering how many Americans are googling what is BAP right now. <laughs> I think it's probably a lot. So BAP is a, it's essentially a a roll, a okay. piece of bread. Like okay. a, so, so you can see uh, in the picture, obviously has nothing to do with that. But then, then you're thinking like this little piece of white roll dropped on the floor of the hairdressers. And that's the way she's describing her vagina. <laughs> Literally never heard anything like that before. So brilliant because the hairdresser, I, the whole thing, it just yeah. all tied together. I was dying. dying. I, yeah, and that's one of those jokes that was stronger for me after I looked it up. Right, right. <laughs> like, this is so like, good, so perfect. This? 
Oh yeah. my god. But other than that being I thought more British, tonally I felt it was a little bit crueler. Yeah, it not is. Not that either yeah, not that either one I didn't think either one was particularly cruel in the context like in the bigger world. There was some moments. She does um, seem crueler in this to me. Yeah. Definitely. Yeah, than the than the TV show, right? Yes. But it's not compared to the say the Sopranos. Certainly not oh. cruel. It's not a cruel show. Yeah, no, I'm absolutely just yeah. I also thought it was a little sadder. It just a little heavier, maybe, mm-hmm. or maybe it was that the show was a little bit funnier. It was very heavy on the jokes of wanting to be abused, assaulted, or even raped. Yeah, I mean there were a couple of one-liners like I'm worried I'm going to make a sex offender out of this guy. And then the bit with the ginger and the rave in the woods, who I think becomes arsehole guy in the show, but none of that stuff is is in it. I thought it was much heavier. I, I mean, and for all the reasons you just said, and but then the one that really struck out to me, which is, why did she have to kill the guinea pig? Oh, le- oh it's yeah. a Let's little much, that. right? Yeah. Speaking of <laughs> cruel and darker. I yeah. Mean, okay. Let's come back to that though, because that's a big part. Oh. Let, let's talk about that when we talk about the end. Okay. See, that just, and that's I'm interesting because I have a by that. So I have a see. very yeah, but I have a very different view on that. Very. I, I oh, mean, in good. fact, in uh, fact, opposite. Oh, good. I, You're gonna yeah. help me come out of the darkness. <laughs> I was shocked at how very little Godmother and Claire yeah. there was in the play. Yeah. Especially because those were such wonderful, brilliant parts of the show. But um, I guess, but you, right? Without it, the it other was, characters, it's hard. Well, she did the loan officer. She did the rodent guy. And well, she did Claire, the arsehole I think Claire guy. more so than Godmother. You do get more Claire in the play than Godmother yeah. is literally absent. I mean, right? right. She, other than the she mention that, you know, the way my there. dad dealt with, you know, yes. my mother's death was to start hooking up with my Godmother. Um, yeah, and she's she, also at the top of the stairs hiding when right. she comes over. And over that one yeah. time. Yeah. Mm-hmm. But... Mm-hmm. Yeah, she's really notably absent. I think Claire, you at least get the feminist lecture scene with them. Yes. The fact that her and her husband obviously don't get along. The creepy stepson. She doesn't take the job. Right. You know, I think I felt like to the extent I felt like it was missing, it's just I think again because of the medium. Whereas if I were just so – that relationship was so rich on screen. Yeah. Yeah. You know. And that might be another thing. It was just that – Sean Clifford, who plays mm-hmm. Claire, is so mesmerizing and brilliant to watch that maybe if even if all of her lines were even in the one woman show, I don't think it would have done the same justice seeing the two of them in their chemistry and and Sean just playing it. So yeah, 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 yeah. and no no statue, nothing about the statue, nothing even no. about what Godmother does, which is amazing because that statue is such a thread that runs throughout the whole first and second season. So right. yeah. it, it's a big it's part big. of it. And there's nothing that came completely after the show. It's yeah. just interesting to notice the because some scenes, like when she's walking to the cafe for the first time and the guy calls her a walk of shame. I mean, that is an entire bit that is literally in like word for word in the play. So some things were lifted entirely and then some things weren't there at all. And to see right. what she developed afterwards was was just interesting. Right. Why of, some things made it in and some yeah. didn't. Yeah. yeah. Like the, yeah. the whole, the character of that, the guy that visits the cafe every day. Joe. She does, yeah. It does mm-hmm. that great accent for her. I mean, that's yeah. nowhere in 
right the show and it seems to yeah. be such a large part of the play yeah she said that i i heard her in an interview phoebe waller bridge in an interview mention that that was the only character who did not make it yeah. uh, did not make the transition she says that she had used the loan officer at the retreat as intending to be who what she wanted to convey with joe i actually read an interview with vicky jones on mm. when they brought back the play for the stage in uh-huh, 2019. Sure. So there's a sure. lot out then, a lot of articles then, because that, of course, in chronologically, is after the TV series. So you had the yeah. play, then you had the TV series, then the play came back, and damn, we missed it. I would have loved that. Right, um, I know. Just for a limited run, you know, it was in the spring, I think, of 2019. And a lot of people asked, Phoebe Waller-Bridge and her, Vicki Jones, like why they brought it back or whatever. And, yeah. you know, I think a lot of it was just they they wanted to explore it again. They brought the entire crew back, everybody. But they also right. thought just time-wise that a lot had happened since then, like the Me Too movement and mm. and different things. But But she said the play is different than the TV show. It focuses on a girl who overvalues herself as a sexual commodity who self-objectifies and objectifies other people and has a messed up relationship with porn. Um, and, yeah. and that's how she described the play versus the TV show. And clearly there's some of that porn stuff in yeah. the show, but yeah. you're right. It was more so in this. Yeah. But I don't know. I don't think they're different. I know Vicki Jones is probably looking for talking points and she's so intimately involved in the whole thing. But I, there's just no way in hell you can characterize the play and the show as so different. It's all still there, but like the show just developed it so much more. But I do think that there there has to be something about the live theater experience that if we had gone and seen this mm. in 2019, I bet we would be less disappointed than we are just from watching it because... I think it's typically staged in a very small theater. And a lot yeah. of the things I read were like from people who who did go that there was something about she just like commands the room. And for yeah. 65 minutes for one person to yeah. just like something about her voice and the small yeah. space and that like she hmm. really like brings you in. So I yeah. bet I wonder if because theater, right, the whole thing about it is that it's a live experience that you're part of. And I don't think we can fully judge it just by having watched a thing uh, of it you know? sure no I think it loses uh, that, something that makes sense and i feel i worry about that myself <laughs> those are such strong words but i don't really <laughs> worry but knowing that hamilton is coming to the screen uh, a live production version of hamilton yeah. is it's just not going to be the same you're right the energy no. the the it's just it's never the same as seeing it in person no you're right you're right yeah. Which segues beautifully into where I was going with this. Even with all those things considered, I did think that there were a few gem moments where the stripped down version made them so much more powerful even than in the show. Mm-hmm. Um, one of them for me was the sex monologue. It's pretty yes. early on. And she yes. says the performance uh, of it, that one. Yeah. yeah. She says, I'm, I'm not obsessed with sex. I just can't stop thinking about it. And she has these dramatic pauses that could never work for TV. You couldn't just stand there and and hold space between words. But she does it throughout this whole play. She does it so frequently and so well. Because 
in all of them, you don't know if she's going to make you laugh hysterically or if she's going to like punch you in the gut. And it's she just plays it so well. So she says, I'm not obsessed with sex. I just can't stop thinking about it. Big laugh. The performance of it, the awkwardness of it, the drama of it, the moment you know someone wants your body. Oh, I mean, she says it, those elaborate pauses, it just blows you away that you've never thought about it that way. Or did for me. That's how I I felt. Loved, and that's what's, I totally agree with you because I loved that line in the TV show. I think I brought it up when we did the podcast on it. Mm -hmm. But, and, and so I was already a huge fan of that line. Yeah. Exactly what you said though, then to see her do it. And I know the line, right? Like, like, and I was blown away in a completely different way. And yep. in a better way. And yep. what's funny is, you know, when she delivers that line in the TV show, she's sitting on the toilet. And I don't mm-hmm. know why they made, why she did that. Because I think that sort of. Well, she is in the play as well. She's just yeah, but, not but literally sitting there. But can't see it. You know what I yeah. mean? There was yeah. something about seeing it the way, I don't know, when she does it on the toilet. It Not that it cheapens it. Because like I said, mm-hmm. I loved it, it even in the show when she did it. But. Yeah. I don't know. It comes out differently here. I totally agree it with you. It does. Yeah. Her, she's just so stripped down and vulnerable and it's just her. And that's all you're focused on is her face. And I really think those pauses in between words, you couldn't do that on TV. Mm. You couldn't make it as long and as loaded as you do then. There's something too about the big laugh because she says, I'm not obsessed with sex. I just can't stop thinking about it. And then it's big, big, big laughs. And people don't even, they think they're going to be more jokes, but then her whole face changes. And she says the performance of it, the awkwardness, of it, the yeah. drama of it. And it's just so powerful. Like that's what you're like, okay, this is what live theater is for this moment, right? Yeah, literally. Yeah. And then I had another one, which was much sadder. It was when Harry is watching her sleep and she's not sleeping, but, and he's, he's petting her head and saying, where do you go? Where do you go? And there's the physicality. Again, it's getting a big laugh. She's got a goofy face on impersonating Harry. Her hand gesture of like petting is hysterical. She's doing things that you don't (laughs) expect with her fingers and stuff. And our guard is down in that moment. And then she slams us with the line. He thinks I'm neglecting him, but when your heart is, and she just trails off and Oh, I mean, I swore you could see and feel her pain. And you're like, oh my gosh. Yeah, I think just her expressiveness, her what she can communicate Mm non-verbally is brilliant even in the show. I think it's one of the things people comment on all the time, but it comes out more in the play. I mean, it's just what she can do with her eyes or eyebrows Mm -hmm. or facial Mm -hmm. expressions or just you said just like a look and it communicates so much and and that was true in the show but I think it's definitely magnified here and I was wondering if she was going to use the cold or the empty heart yeah you didn't even but you didn't even have to she needed the words in the show but you didn't need it in that moment and then the ending I I was thinking specifically of Hillary, the guinea pig, which is a very different. So the rodent teeth guy that she's having sex with in the show, he does get frightened by the guinea pig. They're having sex in the cafe and he gets frightened and he, you know, freaks out. But Fleabag very quickly says, oh, that's just Hillary and like scoops her up and, and puts her back in. Mm -hmm. That that's the end of it. But in the play, he kicks her thinking it's, you know, some sort of 
intruder, not that there's any big cafe. Right. <laughs> and he kicks her, and he kicks her not once but twice. And I, I think she says that's a terrible thud. Mm. It's just, oh, terrible. Of course, then it's so confusing because Fleabag picks her up and knows that something is really wrong. Right. But then she just puts her back in her cage and goes out to drink and hopefully hook up with someone. Yeah. Anyway, right? Yeah. So that that was hard. So, But then she comes back later after she's been drinking. and Or maybe it's the next day even. And Hillary is chattering. She knows that this is a sign that, that the guinea pig is in great pain and distress. Mm-hmm. So she takes her out of her cage and she hugs Hillary tight to her chest. And she keeps hugging and squeezing Squeeze. until her bones snap. So uh, you think this was really dark. Well, are you saying, I, I yes, you're going to say because she was in pain and so it was like a mercy yeah. killing? Yeah. Oh, it's like literally what I have. Yeah, okay. It was a mercy kill. It was. Right? Like, it wasn't, well, it certainly wasn't an accident. No. No. Right. And it wasn't an evil moment or are you... Well, I just, I, I, the only thing that was troubling to me, as you've just set it up, is it seems as if she knew the Hillary was in pain after getting kicked twice, puts her back in there, then leaves and goes out. So it's not so mercy, merciful, or kind of you leave that the guinea pig had probably been in pain for a while. Yeah, but, but, I think she, maybe she was hoping that she would get better, that it was the, 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 stun of the accident and that maybe if you sort of lick your wounds for a little while I don't think you could pick the animal up immediately and just kill it no I know I feel like you'd have to be sure that this is maybe never gonna get better stayed and nursed Hillary back to health instead (laughs) of going out drinking I mean yeah you know it's just the the fact that as you know I mean Hillary what meant so is really mm-hmm. is really boo to her now, yeah. right? Yeah. And I mean that's one of the big differences that that I didn't like as much on the stage was that we didn't get to fully see the wonderful and beautiful relationship between Boo and Fleabag. She talks about it, but I do feel mm-hmm. like on the show, again, because of the nature of that medium and having the actress playing it, you yep. got to really feel that relationship so much yes. and how beautiful it was which makes what she did to her with her boyfriend so much worse yeah. and on this mm-hmm. when she talks about it it doesn't have the same feelings to me but so mm-hmm. the only thing i don't know that was really still tying her to boo is this this damn furball yeah see i don't i thought it was that once boo died hillary became her i felt in that moment when she does kill Hillary and put her out of her misery that she wanted someone it has just been after this old white haired man like can't even look at her after she's taken her top off in front of him she thinks this guy should want me this guy should jump me and be glad I'm offering my body to him and he rejects her completely so that moment had just happened and he leaves and she is feeling so low she wishes someone would just put her out of her misery and it's it's not it is a it's a very sad moment yeah but i didn't think of which is interesting because i had heard that she killed the guinea yeah pig. I me think too I mentioned it. Yeah, yeah but but i did not know the context of it yeah. and i feel like it was it made so much more sense i wasn't sure what was going to happen 
Um, and it made so much more sense when I saw the play. So it does, but it's still, it's very sad to me. Yeah. That's uh, very sad. Yeah, no, definitely. But I, I thought it reflected more on Fleabag than it did, like, that I didn't think it was horrible that she killed and maybe oh, that's yeah, not no. what you were saying yeah. Uh, yeah I was just saying like it just seemed like a darker sadder like just moment like you said comes after her being rejected by mm-hmm. this man and mm-hmm. I, I just it was hard for me this one in, for the play was mm-hmm. was a tough tough yeah. moment but then she gets her redemption right yes. yeah she still gets her redemption when they go back to the interview and they get to mm-hmm. start over which I like Yes, I did too. Yeah. So those were the moments that kind of stood out for me. I thought it was very similar to the show. And the show was a shining star compared to this. Um, You could see this was the the root. Not that this was bad. It's just the root of it. And then it had grown so much more. It's really hard to compare the two. Clearly, if we had seen this play in, you know, 2013, it was groundbreaking. I mean, it was, you'd never seen anything like it. Yeah, and, you know now. Yeah, right. But but I, I'm not necessarily speaking about you in particular. I'm speaking more in the general you. But yeah. I wonder if you would have thought it was too unlikable as the play. Yeah, I think that's entirely possible. I don't. I know. I am speaking now personally. Uh, I think I'm very open to that in theater more so than mm. I am. Oh, interesting. I am completely. I don't know why. Maybe it's my, all the Martin McDonough plays, which is Phoebe. Uh-huh. Um, not, it's Phoebe yeah. Wallerbridge's boyfriend. Um, yeah. They're so dark and there's so okay. many unlikable characters. And oh, interesting. I'm, I'm very open to that in theater. I know. What? We, yeah. What is that about? I don't know. Why? I, I never realized it until you just said Oh, my gosh. I don't wow. know. It's like theater to me. I look at it more like art. And, and I, I don't know. And so I think mm. I would have, I don't think I would have minded as much as when I sit down to watch a TV show. Wow. I know. I, I need to, I'm going to, I got to write that down and unpack that for a <laughs> long time. I'm not a big theater person, so I don't see yeah. many plays at all. I mean, probably I could probably count them on one or two hands, but I don't look at it differently, but I am open to that kind of moral depravity and redemption i love that kind of story yeah but, and you're saying you you tell or are more intrigued by it in a play yeah so and i think i would have toler i would tolerate it more yeah interesting and, but who knows we're just i'm just guessing what oh I sure of course but, yeah but i definitely would have thought holy shit like what did i just see like yeah right like oh like, yeah what was that yes you know? i can't imagine leaving and not feeling that way whereas now like yeah. they're saying when people go saw, when they went to see it in 2019 they're just like oh that's phoebe waller bridge i mean it's phoebe yeah. waller bridge like you can't you know yeah. and people want to take selfies after her, yeah. and it's just like her personality it's just like people feel like they know her now whereas yeah. that definitely changes the dynamic yeah. too yes um Definitely. And I don't, I, I imagine that a lot of people were there just to see Phoebe Waller-Bridge. And I, I, you can imagine they're laughing too hard because it's Phoebe Waller-Bridge or they know what's coming. Yeah. You know, I, I can't imagine that 2019 experience was gratifying in any other way than to say I was in a tiny 
room with Phoebe Waller-Bridge. Right. Yeah. Watching her deliver some of the Which lines is fine. and scenes that I thought yeah. were so cool from a show I love, you know? Yes. Yes. Which is fine. And, you know, good for all of those people who made that money off of it. It's, I mean, I'm I'm fine with all of it, but I just can't imagine that being as gratifying as an experience. But I have to say, I am glad I got to see this because I was so curious. Yeah. Um, you know, and that's, I don't know. Did you, that was something I took away from this was the kind of evolution of her work, mm-hmm. right? And the reimagining of it in so many different ways. And I, I think I said it in the beginning that the road to Phoebe Waller-Bridge becoming Phoebe Waller-Bridge was a long one. And I think if I were in her shoes, I don't know if I could have stuck with it. I'm all for hard work, a hundred percent. I can be a, a workhorse, but the patience, the faith and the trust. Yeah. Those are the hard things. And she just kept turning it over and the staying with it. I am so quick to go, okay, well that didn't work. Let's move on to the next project. Right. You know, let, right. let's make this, let's work really hard, make this project work. And, her staying with it for so long that was so impressive to me and I and I will be thinking about after we're done with this I will be thinking about how to my one of my fears is always beating a dead horse right I'm never it's never something I ever want to do yeah and and to not her she was decidedly not beating a dead horse but she was staying with material there was a long very long fallow period where she had nothing going on phoebe and vicky started dry right their theater mm-hmm. production company in 2007 some point after that phoebe hit on the idea for fleabag which was the, again that tiny 10 minute bit which she then developed into this 65 minute one woman show and then that made it to edinburgh in 2013 so that's already that's a that's six seven years of oh yeah really nothing right (laughs) and then so a bbc producer saw her in 2013 and was like you know we got to make this a show someone else at the same time when they heard about the show in edinburgh commissioned her to help adapt killing eve which then Vicky Jones was brought in the writer's room for that. So mm-hmm. she was doing those things and then she was doing crashing. So a lot of it happened at that time that she got her attention was split after after Fleabag, the one woman show kind of made its mark. But then it was still three more years before the show premiered on BBC. That happened in July 2016. 16, right, yeah. And then Amazon in September 2000 in the US uh, in September 2016 I frankly did not I'm not that I'm anybody I mean yeah, I'm not anybody like, but I'm just saying <laughs> I didn't catch on until early 2019 which is also not that late compared to other people I feel like I we're know. still catching on after that so in early 2019 when she started getting nominated that's when I yeah. start that's when I watched it and then the second series was also getting so much advanced buzz at the same time so that and then she's been a darling at the awards shows for the past two years, but that's still six years after the woman's yeah. show. And then it's like 10 years after she had been working on, you know, trying to break out. So I don't know. It's it's a long road, but... It um, is. Yeah, but even when you're someone as magical... Like, people describe her both as being 
a workhorse and she's also got this magic Mm -hmm. so to have I mean very few people have those two things right Right. you either work and you make up for what you kind of lack in talent or you have something special in talent but then you lack the work ethic and you'll kind of die out very few people have both but even with both it took her so long to kind of arrive and now look now she's she when she arrived she exploded yes right yes completely but, but still yeah and my takeaway was that i was so surprised by what an amazing actress she is i know that sounds mm-hmm. ridiculous because she was a great she's a great actress fine in in fleabag the show but but i think of her or i had thought of her primarily as a writer right i mean a mm-hmm. brilliant brilliant writer who had dreamed up this character, developed it for a play, wrote it because I hadn't seen the play, right? I just think right. of her in the show. She expanded it so well, as you said, for the show. She's writing for Killing Eve. I think of her as a writer and everything I've read about her, I just think she, her the way she's, the, her gift with words, right? Yeah. But to or watch- Or ideas. Or yeah. ideas, exactly. Character, yeah. Yes, all of that. But to watch her- actually in this like i said 65 minutes of just her on stage holy mm-hmm. shit i mean yeah. she is a serious actress and and like i said with the what she can do ver- non-verbally and with her facial expressions and just the stamina up there and and people as i said talked about her presence i just mm-hmm. didn't really appreciate the acting chops uh, yeah. Because I had put her more in, and she, uh, rightfully so, in in the writer ideas kind of person. So, I ha- obviously, yes. But I just wonder if she could play kind of a range of characters. I think part of her brilliance is how connected she is with the material. I can't imagine her acting in somebody. Now, I didn't see Vicky Jones's play, and maybe they're almost... One person. Yeah, that's what I was just going to say. So, I mean, could you see her like leading, you know, uh, an HBO show? I I don't know. Well, the play, you're right. It it is, you could say that something that Vicky writes is sort of coming from the same brain. Mm -hmm. Uh, Although it sounded like the character was a woman in a a very dark relationship, I think. But but it doesn't sound like Fleabag, really. Um, Mm. But... But mm. I know it doesn't. We, I mean, it, it was in a marriage. It it, does, it is different. I don't know enough about it. But but you're right. I mean, oh, I the thought materi- it. So- yeah, I thought it sounded similar, like self-destructive, sexual. Um, yeah, but I guess because of the whole, I thought it focused a lot on their relationship of and uh, her marriage. In yes, mm-hmm. but right. it's still though. You're right. If Vicky wrote it, maybe that's the same as hers. Although they purposely for run. Phoebe Waller-Bridges has a small part. They purposely tried to get her a part that, that no one had ever seen her play something right. like this. Um, yeah, but yeah, that'll be interesting. Yeah, but I still think it's a small part, so it won't yeah. it won't prove or disprove what what we're pondering here. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I don't but, feel that she wants to be an actress either. I mean, right? I, I, really, I don't think she wants to lead a, an HBO show. Right. I don't because think. the question. I mean. It, it, now, I'm not saying this about Phoebe Waller-Bridge. She's clearly, clearly well-trained and a, a great actress. But there are some people that you know, like a movie star kind of person, that they're just playing themselves, right? You know yeah. that this person is just themselves. So 
I know it's a movie and it's all fake and somebody else wrote it, but essentially they're just playing who they are and that's mm-hmm. all they can do. Mm-hmm. And I, I don't put Phoebe quite in that category, but I think she's probably closer to that category than someone who we see play some amazing dramatic role and then goes to slapstick comedy and then goes to yeah, yeah. TV and, you know, like... I don't think probably she's, not, and I don't yeah. think she'll ever act in something she didn't write. I mean, I think she feels or Vicky, which is like you said, the same. Brand. Right. You know, I read I had read a 2013 review of Fleabag in the Guardian, and I think this is part of what we're saying here. Is it says that Wallerbridge hasn't produced a flawless piece of writing, but it is a hugely distinctive one. And I think that is the brilliance that she has. It's so authentic and so unique. And I don't know where her acting fits into that. Right, right. Yeah. So, well, I guess we'll see. Yeah. But you know where we won't see. We're not going to really see it and run. No, no. But that brings us to the second part of this episode, which is to recap the premiere episode of Run. So first, a little backstory. Run is the story of exes who made a promise to each other in college. If one of them texted Run and the other texted back, they would meet on a platform in Grand Central Station and embark on a new adventure together. But that was 17 years ago, and their lives have diverged. Ruby has become a detached, jaded housewife, while Billy has become a famous self-help guru who might just be faking the whole thing. I love that. When, yeah, when they reunite, their old chemistry ignites, but the show sharply turns from rom-com vibes into full-blown thriller. Vanity Fair is calling it a rom-drom. Oh, I is, like that. Yeah, yes, yes, yes. I read that apparently Vicky Jones and mm-hmm. Phoebe Waller-Bridge had this same pact. Yeah. That that if one of them, you know, said run and the other one said run back, it was their cue to kind of take off together, which I kind of personally love. I, oh, I think that's fantastic. Yeah. All right. And I there's something has always been appealing to me about the idea of running away. Yeah. It's just always like it's an exciting thing yeah some people's fantasy is like buying a house and the fence and the kids and the life and the you know the real stability and my fantasy is someone who will throw it all away and run away with me there you go so that's just to say this premise has me so hooked yeah and I I read that too that it it stems from this pact that they mm-hmm. have, which I thought was great because their friendship is just so I, I love reading about the two of them as, as both friends and creative partners. But they actually said in an interview that the someone asked them, like, so have you guys ever used it? Like, have you had to employ the run? Mm-hmm. And they actually have once because theirs is more code word to like escape a party or like right. get out of a situation it's not quite as elaborate as this but uh right. they did use it once at a party and it was vicky who said it and phoebe like kind of had <laughs> forgotten about it and she looked at her and her eyes got wide and she was like oh, God. oh yeah like we're doing run. this and she was like <laughs> run and she's like it was so thrilling and so oh, i love, love that, that that's the um at the premise and i mean i don't know you know we don't know enough to know where this is going but like you and i were talking about as much as you love this for the concept of running away, I love this for the concept of the one that got away. Because you know mm-hmm, that's a theme mm-hmm. I yeah. love. And yeah. she said, you know, in an interview that there are the, the questions that 
she wants people to think about are like, what if we've ended up with this person or that person and where would I be now? Uh, or are you more yourself with one person than another or a mm. happier version of yourself? And can you revisit that? Oh, wow. um, that's so I do so think that's going to be part of it. Like we said, we don't know how much of it. I think there's going to be a lot of things going on. That's but, giving me very Sally Rooney vibes. Like yes, that the, there's is. no individual. You are only who you are in a dynamic, in a relationship. And, mm -hmm. and that could be different, slightly different with different people. That's so interesting. Yeah. So I think that's going to be cool. And I also, yes. like she said, uh, that it asks the question, what happens to the people who would never do the extreme thing and one day do? And what emotions does that create? And how does that affect their behavior? And how real can we make that feel? Because she's mm. saying that this, this, the female lead in this, you know, is doing something pretty out of character, uh, right. pretty extreme. Yeah. And although some people fantasize about it, like you're saying, a lot of people don't, but she wanted to examine what, what, how'd she get there? What made her finally, you know, when she sees this, what makes her leave? What is, what's a pretty good life, you know? And that's what right. she likes too. She didn't want to make her have like a bad marriage or a bad home life right. or be running from something that a, right. a, an otherwise seemingly content person mm -hmm. with, with a husband and a child Mm -hmm. what would make her do this? Even if she did get a text from an ex and right. even if they did right. have a pact, like yeah. who really does that? And she right. said there was a big debate um, with the other writers about whether the child should be a stepchild and not her own child mm, because they thought maybe if it was a stepchild, that would make it worse. I mean, make it easier for her to leave, which is right. a little... Whatever. Yes, harsh. But, a little harsh. But Vicky yeah. was like, no, no, this is going to be her child. Like that, that this has to make, that's what's going to make this hard and complicated yeah. and yeah. make her flawed. And is it going to make her too unlikable? I don't know. Like the, we're going to mm -hmm. see, you know? So it was all things that I was like, oh yeah, these are, yeah. these questions, I, I want to explore them. Absolutely. Yeah. And the setup is so interesting too, like you just described that. Otherwise, it would be so cliche. You know, she's not happy at home. Right. So, of course, she runs off. But I don't know how they're going to reconcile all of that. And it's going to be really interesting to see where it goes. Yeah. I also read that Vicki Jones said she wanted to write this. Very Fleabag to me. Or very Phoebe Waller-Bridge. She wanted to write this so that you could feel like you ran away from your own life and all of its troubles without actually having to do it. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> which is also ironic because Vicky Jones is currently yeah. self-isolating in London with her partner and their 14-month-old son, Fox. I thought that was an interesting name. I know. Name. Yeah. <laughs> Given Fox and Fleabag. I don't know if I talked about this on the episode or if I mentioned it just offline to you that I've been a little bit concerned about Phoebe oh, yeah. and Vicky. Yeah, mm -hmm. right. Because so the whole time Vicky was shooting Run, that was when Phoebe was winning all of her awards and kind of having the time of her life. I had noticed when I was doing research for when we did season two, she started to talk a lot more about Jenny than she, I didn't hear anything about Vicky. And I guess it makes sense really given where they were, but I didn't hear anything about Vicky in the season two interviews. And I heard about Jenny, 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 Jenny all the time. And I was like, 
getting worried about her and Vicky, but it seems like maybe it's just one of those periods in time when you diverge and then, but their foundation is strong enough to always be there, I'm hoping, because in a recent interview, Vicky had said, oh, we're still close and blah, blah, mm-hmm. blah, you know, doing all but in the past year, things have changed. She yeah. says, I, I became a mother and she, she became, became famous. famous. I did read yeah. that. Yeah. And it doesn't seem like it was said with any kind of malice or resentment, but. I, I didn't read into it any malice, but no. I do think it seems just like life and circumstances yeah. and, and she you know, she's got a, having a baby and then first she's pregnant, then she's got a newborn and now even yeah. to have a small child, they're definitely at different places yes. and they're doing different things. And so, yeah. but I yeah. don't know. I just, I can't believe anything be- negative because that will just upset me because I just think they're like, yeah, the I don't think parent. it's negative. I just think that I want, I think their paths are diverging a bit and I think it may be some period of time before they come back together now i'd love to be wrong i I hope you know i'd love to see them come back together sooner to work on something but but even this i felt like perhaps with run that maybe and again i'm completely projecting like i'm making this up that (laughs) that i'm hoping that to the extent phoebe is laying low and not you know talking about run or or out there she's doing it so that vicky can have her time to shine and that she can let her be because this really is her baby i know they're like you said they're co-executive producers and she does have a small role in it but i Mm -hmm. do think in my mind I could see Phoebe wanting Vicky to, you know, get the spotlight now, deservedly so, so, you know. So that's really interesting because I read another interview with Vicky who said for a long time she held, she was the one who held Phoebe's coat, right? As she's she's the one, you know, sort of doing the red carpet, being in the spotlight, and she was there kind of behind the scenes. It made me think of Marcus holding holding, uh, her purse. but Sasha's um, purse. Yes, but that she was kind of behind the scenes and that she was comfortable and happy there. Yeah. And that, and that that arrangement worked. But now here she is. I know. She's front and center stepping out into and the spotlight. And I believe that. I mean, can't you? Like, I know. Oh, absolutely. Like, there's lots of people who are happy yeah. to, to, she, the enjoyment she got, I think, was mm-hmm. out of the process and the creating with Phoebe and the friendship. And oh, the, absolutely. When it came to the spot, she was like, she strikes me as one who'd be like, yeah, that's cool. You can you can have that. Um, oh, 100%. I think she's much more comfortable there. By the way, I looked for her birthday. Could not find me it. Me neither. Yeah. Could not I find could it. I could only find the year. You know, the year yep. she's born, but not, I couldn't. No. I know. I know. It's hard to very find disappointing. personal stuff on Yes. Her. I feel like the British are much more private. I mean, uh, yeah. I've, yeah, I have other ways of finding things. And there was there was nothing. I feel yeah. like in social media is usually the way to you can sleuth and put it together. But mm-hmm. she had nothing there. Yeah. Um, which is sad and disappointing. But anyway, I do think that she is, in fact, happier and more comfortable in that supporting role or that, you know, the, the less in the limelight role. And that's why... I'm not because because she could have broken off a long time ago. They had a dynamic, a working dynamic for many years. She could have mm-hmm. broken off a long time ago and be like, uh, I'm Phoebe Waller Bridge's partner. I can get me some right. opportunities. Right. And she didn't. But right. I just wonder how this will develop. 
Yeah, I'm excited. This is right up right up our alley. Yes. Okay, so then we should just get right into the show then. Yeah, let's talk about yeah. it. Run opens with Ruby, played by Merritt Weaver, and she is sitting in a parking lot, which is very, I don't know if you picked this up, but it, because I've lived there, it's very quintessential California. Oh. Where, yeah, where all of the cars are just sort of like jammed into each other. There's never enough parking. And of course, there's a Ralph's in front of her, which is very California as oh, well. Oh, and didn't she so, say to him that it was a five-hour flight? Or he said, how far did you come from? Yes, And so that, yes, you're yeah. probably right then. Oh, yeah. Oh, wait. No, you didn't you? Wait. <laughs> wait. She has California license plates. Oh, I didn't even see that. Oh, uh, oh, and then so when, oh, 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 gosh. Okay, so when she goes to the airport, she just says, to New York. So you didn't know where she was. Yeah, and then oh. and then she wouldn't tell him later. And right. so he asked for that clue. So, okay, so anyway, we have thriller vibes right off the bat, right? She's sitting in her car, and when she gets the text, it's like, zoom in on her face, mm. really close, She's breathing very heavily. There's even that shot where you can see like some something dripping out of her nose. Yep. I'm like, this is yeah. a little much. Right. But I think they were really wanted to kind of get right off the bat this this thriller vibe because most of the episode after that is more of the rom-com vibe. Yes. So I think they wanted to get the thriller right off the bat. Because I think more of that is coming. Uh, yes, exactly. So... Okay, so without thinking it was California, you did get she did get to the airport and it was a five hour flight. Now, how did you feel like how did I had very strong feeling about that? About her getting to the airport? Yeah, and taking a five hour flight to do this. Yeah, you meaning because it's a little too incredulous? Yeah. <laughs> it, yeah. I just suspended my my disbelief. Um, okay. Well, because I, I knew that was the premise, which is already well, but do you know the premise was I mean I kind of thought she was gonna like if I had to get if someone texted me right now and I had to get to Grand Central it would take me eight minutes right so right. that I could see myself doing impulsively like just go down there see what happens I could even see myself getting on the train but leaving and taking a five, five hour it's, it's more than five hours she must have had a good jet stream that day but yeah. whatever um it, it then that just I don't know if it's incredulous. I mean, it is incredulous, but more than incredulous, it felt too premeditated or not premeditated, but like you really have to be thinking, I am going to leave my entire family right now. Like this is a big deal. Yes. Yes. Yeah. So you didn't care though. I didn't care, but (laughs) but A, I didn't realize it was California. Yeah. Okay. Okay, Which uh, clearly I missed that part. Okay. Um, Yeah. But now that you say it, they, yeah, why'd they make it so far away? Like it just so, adds to the... I'm guessing it's because she's going to end up home. Like the train. I mean, the, the interestingly, I wrote a novel where the character takes a train from New York to L.A. And there are a few routes to get there. But one of the main ones and the one I actually had my character on... Chicago? The first stop is Chicago. Yeah. Oh. The first like the first big leg of it. So I'm guessing she's going to make it back to 
home. Yeah. She, she's going to make see. it back home. I guess to me, like I said, I did just suspend my disbelief because there are so many, if I start thinking about it, there are just so many things that make what the logistics of this impossible. I mean, and she can get there in time for the first train oh, after I five. I mean, well, that actually is feasible because she probably got the text at 9 a.m. In the a. morning, in the in, morning, right? Y- Her yeah, time. So and then, yeah. She could have gotten in at like three o'clock, gone right to Grand Central Station from the airport. I mean, it would have been close, but right. she does just get there and get right on the train. So I mean, I, actually was I don't okay know if it was that. premeditated, but I guess maybe we're going to learn more about what her mental state is at this point. I mean, there's a lot of questions about why you would, under any circumstances, I don't care how close you are, even yeah. even follow through on this or even do this. I mean, I thought in this first setup scene, too, that we're supposed to you know, think about, look at her life. She's sitting in a Target parking lot mm-hmm, on mm-hmm. the phone talking about grocery shopping and yoga. And, you know, she's is like the mm-hmm. mundane aspects of her regular life. And that, yeah. and when she gets to the airport, she chucks the yoga mat in the garbage yeah. can, which to me was like later for this, yes. you know, for this life. Yes. Yes. No, I get it. I guess you're sort of like in for a penny, in for a pound. Yeah. I, but to me, the difference between the the mental barrier between going to the airport in L.A. or San Francisco, wherever she is, and and uh, buying a flight and then going and flying six hours. Yeah. I just there's too much opportunity. Like I said, if if she was in New York and she went t- ten minutes, you could kind of see like for a minute I was just so taken and yes. I, I went there, but. Um, but I guess, like I said, I'm guessing it's a device that's going to lead her back home. Yeah. With this train train ride. But all right. So anyway, but at the airport, I'm still at the airport. As she says, the the uh, attendant is asking her if she wants an aisle or a window, and she's going back and forth, window aisle, window yep. aisle. And then she says she's indecisive, yeah. which I didn't love because what else were you trying to convey with not being able to choose a window and an aisle right. and I wish she had said I don't fly a lot I don't know I that kind of bothered me um yeah, and it's then, also funny though she's saying she's indecisive when she's in the moment y- taking a very decisive act exactly it's, it's, yeah a very decisive act um and then I'm not jumping ahead f- for good but I but that moment is obviously juxtaposed with her being on the train and them looking at the menu and she picks exactly what she wants immediately and he mm-hmm. says, you're so decisive. I know. Yeah, you know, I, I do really like that it was signaling that she is a certain way around him that she usually isn't mm-hmm. or maybe she isn't anymore. I really do love that and I do believe that. Yeah. Um, that rings very true for me, but I just think there was a better way to get to it definitely more finesse yeah it was a little Um, too too on the nose too direct yeah yeah yeah. and they they did the whole thing of you know a writing um rule is show don't tell Mm -hmm. they showed and told yes (laughs) and I'm like you don't need to do all that but yeah anyway um yeah so then I guess they're on the train did you have anything about their first encounter because um yeah, well, first of all, I love this is a small point, but I love that she stops in Grand Central to buy like hair products and like yes, to like yes. fluff her hair and totally. apply lipstick. But then her hair goes right back to being totally flat. So yes. I don't know what happened. But yes. when she first <laughs> sprayed that stuff, I was like, yeah, look at that. 
Um, By the way, this is something you and I could never understand about hair, but I have a daughter now who has that hair, and I could tease it to high hell, spray it with everything I've ever owned, and literally by the time we get wherever we go, it's flat. So that is true. That is true. I believe that. I just so related to that. Like, if I were doing this which is mm-hmm. a little hard to imagine. Sure. Um, I would absolutely stop somewhere and fl- get some sort of fluffy hair product or, oh, or lipstick absolutely. or whatever. So I like oh, that. Um, yes. And then their first interaction, you mean just when they sit down and he reads her palm? Yeah, yeah. The thing I did, only thing I really liked about that was for their very first interaction where we see them together and where they haven't seen each other in 15 years, I mm-hmm. love that it's funny and like flirtatious and they kind of mm-hmm. bust in each other's chops. Like, I-, I love that it started that way and isn't yes. some sort of like, not that she would do this, Vicky Jones, but have some sort of sappy or anything. They just like get right run in. into each other's arms yes, or something like that. Exactly. No, I agree. I just I like did. that their banter is, it, yes. it sets it up nicely how, how they interact. I also loved that the woman across from them kind of got in on yes, it and was, was like, like trying to do it to her husband so funny when he came around yeah i thought that was really cute and and unique i liked that um okay so the next thing i had was back to them eating and when she orders quickly and then he um and then she orders for him and says you always get what i get yeah you know, this is one of those things that I hate about the idea of being seen as we usually discuss it. Mm-hmm. I just, it doesn't allow for growth. Like, what if he doesn't do that anymore? Or, right. you know, and is that even a thing? But whatever. Right. You know? Well, I guess and he could be, he could have said, no, like, I want to order what I want or something like that. You mean he could have yeah. changed the narrative? Yeah, I guess. But then doesn't that change the narrative of being seen? Like, isn't, I could see in the moment being like, oh, I like that you remember that that's how I was. Yeah, people are more apt to do that because of course familiarity that they like. Yeah, yeah. Mm -hmm. And there is just something kind of touching about someone remembering the regular thing of yours that knew a thing of yours. Right, right. I also liked the moratorium on personal questions. I thought that was great. Yes. Okay, good. I was wondering if you would think be annoyed at that. No, I like um, it at first, right? Yeah. Because they want, I mean, those are going to come. So yes, exactly. And I think it, it it's obviously in the show building tensions you know, you're you're wondering what secrets they're hiding, what they're not saying. But I also kind of thought it was realistic. I know when I run into someone from my past, I the first thing I want to do is reminisce. Right. And I don't want to share about my life. Like, I hate when they go, go right into, you know, so do you have kids or what? I'm like, what? what? This is not us. Yes, <laughs> us exactly. is something old. And I'd like to relive that for a moment and then walk away. I don't need yeah. you to get up to speed on my life today. No, exactly. And they're going to be on a train for presumably yeah, a long sure. time. They can get to that. Is exactly. This, one of my favorite lines, I think it was here, um, where she says, this is unforgivable. Did you, yes, that, yeah, yes. I think it's right here. And he said, yeah, people forgive all sorts of things. And I was like, mm-hmm. oh, so that's yeah. going to be, I'm sure you know, a theme throughout yes. this and what is, is what she's done and maybe him, we'll see what he's done. Yeah. Whether it's, they've gone too far, like is, is just in this act of running is mm. unforgivable, but have they done other things that are unforgivable yeah. and what's and, too far? And, 
And have they done things to one another? Yes. You know, that made me, I kind of got the vibe that she had done something unforgivable and he was forgiving her, maybe. You yeah, know, it, it I just, don't know. you could read so much into that. Yeah. That was definitely a great exchange. Yeah. 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 And the sexual tension at dinner. Yeah. Mm. Yes. Yes. It was definitely there. I mean, <laughs> the mess. The she, masturbation, the double the masturbation double scenes. double masturbation. I, I mean, I, I don't know what to say about that. I mean, I guess we're meant to believe that clearly the sexual tension is high. Uh, okay. I guess, yeah. I mean, I thought, so I thought Ruby's was done well. Yes. I thought it was interesting. There were some distinctive details, like her pulling the tissues out for her hand on the wall. I thought that was great. That's something a mother would do. Exactly, the germs. <laughs> um... But I, his, I thought, was entirely unnecessary. But I yeah. really thought both of them were misplaced. They did not belong in this first episode. Right. I, mean, I don't know. You know, clearly, because Phoebe Waller-Bridge has talked about this even with Fleabag, that they believe it's important, honestly, to show women masturbating, right? That women yeah. do it and why does it have sure. to be taboo and all of that. So sure. I get that. I agree with you. I don't think we needed his... To know yeah. that he was feeling sexual tension. Um, yeah. Yeah. He, there were other ways to do that. And in fact, they did do that. That just came out through their exchange and their banter and all that. So I don't think I needed that from him. Yeah. And, no. Yeah. And hers, I do. I appreciate that. I just don't think it needed to be in the first episode. It was just, it was, it was time wasted that I don't think told me enough. And the first episode is a very tricky thing. You have to tell a lot, but also... You have to tell a lot and you have to build tension at the same time. And that was a real, I mean, <laughs> really a release of the tension. Right. And that was like, um, this does not belong in the first 30 minute episode. I'm sorry. It just right. does not. She, so yeah, she just it must be yeah. trying to tell us what, how, how turned on they make the other one. Uh, okay. I know, but don't, but doesn't someone, when you're turned on with someone, don't you want that to build for some period of time? Then before releasing yeah, it, it's a little I mean, quick. I think that's, quick. yeah, way <laughs> quick, way quick. And not only just unbelievable, but just, I thought, not a great use of time. It, it felt very much like we want to have a scene where she masturbates. This is important to us. So here we're going to put it. And it, I don't think it served the larger story. Um, right. And I, and there was a better way to do it. Yeah, because presumably this tension is going to build to your point. Yes, it's going right. to go on for right. a while, I'm sure. Exactly. But with that aside, I did think it was a really good scene. I feel like we don't see that. It was done in a, was in a unique way. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah. And not, also not like, I don't know, her being up against the wall and her hand there. The whole thing was just like, oh, that's interesting. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> but so, then while she's in there, he's searching her purse. Yeah, mm. yeah. Which doesn't surprise me. Yeah, I, mean, I guess. He, he, seems, he seems like he wants to know more she is the one who's like let's put a pin in it and he doesn't really want to and then he gets uh, that text from fiona yes it's gone yes. viral so i think that's uh, you know a clue for us i mean my guess is something he he is this life coach and something he's said or done mm -hmm. is now you know making Out its there. way yeah across social media or the press or whatever and that's assume yeah. what he's running from yes yeah, I mean, it's very clear he has 
quite a lot of secrets. There's a lot there. I'm more intrigued by hers because she's not really showing her hand at all. I mean, no. we do see when he picks up the phone that he's she's got a husband and two kids. And she's obviously hiding that. But there's got to be more. You just don't leave the Ralphs and Target parking lot and go on a plane. Right, right. <laughs> For- she, yeah. She says she's a senior architect. That's all we know. Yeah. Which is a lie? Is a lie or not a lie? I don't know. I, I think sure. it might be. He yeah. was trying to say it seems like a lie, a lie because then you just walked out and you, that's what you were wearing. Yeah, exactly. Mm-hmm. When really we know, I mean, she was certainly not doing that at the moment. He's right. right. Like she was sitting in a parking lot about to go to yoga and grocery shopping. Right, right. So, so maybe a little bit of fantasy story, I guess. Yeah, or maybe she used to be, but once she had the kids, you know, something like right. that. Well, we know she's got a husband who's looking mm-hmm. for her, um, yes. Lawrence, and we don't know what she said to him. She does get off the train to go talk to him, and I, we, we don't know what, what her explanation is. Yeah. Oh, I, I, did like, yeah, I did like the device of being on a train and not having service all the time, that that would be a spotty thing. I thought that was a good way to, because otherwise she would have called him at some point. But on a plane, you can't really do that. And, right. And, and her texts weren't going through because yeah. of it. I mm-hmm. did like the exchange where um, she tries to, you know, get out of him finally. Like, why did you text me? And mm. he says, I've texted before. And she's like, yeah, yes. but oh, why right. today? And I'm like, oh, okay. So this is not the first time they've texted. Right. So there's definitely something there. Right. Um, But also, he texts, and then she just doesn't say, she just doesn't respond? I don't know. Yeah, I know. And then, then, and obviously that's a big hint that this time was different for her, because he's done it before. It wasn't like, this is the first time, and she just had to, you know, on instinct, drop everything and run to him. This was a decision on her part. Yeah, and he, she yeah. said, did you break up with somebody? Do you hate your job? And so maybe yeah. those were the nature of his previous texts, or maybe yes. she just thinks that's what those are like life events where people end up reaching out. But yeah. um, but then, you know, he's sort of like, oh, I texted because I was drunk. She's like, fuck you. Like, I yeah. didn't walk out of my life because you got wasted. But, mm-hmm. you know, and then she's like, who are you? And I like when, you know, he hugs her and it's like, no, mm-hmm. you know me. It's still me. Um, and then she's like, all right, so who's Fiona? And that makes sense. I do think that he says it's his, his personal assistant. Um, but then I really like the line where he says, where he is being honest, I think could turn out to not be, but he seemed like he was being vulnerable. And he said, Mm -hmm. I texted you when I texted you, I was getting hammered in a hotel and I had this moment of clarity that there was not a single person in my life I ever wanted to see again. And then I thought of you. I loved that. That line. was my favorite yes. line of the, that of the was whole good. thing. And she kisses him on the cheek, which is very mm-hmm. sweet. Yes, and yes. That's the rom com one that got away, like yes. vibe right there. Yes, but then also it was a great moment of tension because she gets off the train and we don't think she's coming back, yeah. or we're not sure if yeah. she is, and he's definitely not sure. And he's freaking um, out. I mean, his yeah. facial expressions, yeah. and he's losing it, and he starts to like tear up. Yep. When he sees her, and yeah. she, but then it's kind of funny because she's like doubled over. And like, I know I'm so unfit. <laughs> I'm so unfit. I know. Yeah, I do 
yeah, I do like the way they're handling it with this sort of cheeky vibe yes. as, a, as opposed to this overly sappy romantic. Although maybe one too many poo jokes. I, yeah, what's I don't up know. with that? <laughs> I don't know. It's too many in 30 minutes. I, don't I understand like it that. shows their like very kind of juvenile banter and silliness between them, but maybe one too many. Yeah, I don't yeah. like the word poo. Um, yeah. <laughs> so I, overall, I don't know. My take is this is some a, a show worth watching and waiting because, and I I I know I'm gonna keep drawing these unfair parallels to Fleabag, but I wasn't even in fully in on Fleabag until maybe episode like two, three, yeah. maybe even four. Yeah, I didn't care that much. And then I was fully in. Yeah. And then at the end, oh my gosh, then I was drowning in Phoebe Waller-Bridge right, ad- right. adoration. So mm-hmm. I will definitely, definitely see this through. But it was not a particularly strong start. The pilot episode is not an easy one. It's, an, it's a tricky thing. Yeah. You have to do a lot. And it's not easy. So I, w- I, I really... I was in. I really, I really yeah, like this like first it, one because, again, yeah. it's really got the the parts right now. Like we talked about, are are in my wheelhouse of what yeah. what I like, which is this one that got away and bringing them back together. And and I think, you know, they've done that in a in a really good way. Uh, but I agree with you. You know, Fleabag took me a little while, and I, mm-hmm. a lot of people when I recommended to them, I'm like, give it. You know, give it to episode three, yeah, and yeah. and this I got into much faster. I I really yeah. I really did like this. For me, it was definitely the barrier of getting on that being in California and having to get to Grand Central Station. That was that was really hard for me to imagine because as a person who does impulsive things, I understand what it takes to get there, and sometimes you lose your mind for a minute. But that is not losing your mind for a minute. That is really. An active decision, and that just doesn't feel impulsive to me. That feels like something else. That was a piece I did not see coming. The, right. the fact that she was so far away. Yeah, yeah. I also really liked uh, Merritt Weaver. That's it. Ruby. Is mm-hmm, that the yeah, name? yeah. I liked her. I did. Um, I she really drew me in, and I, I yes. think I think she's going to be the star here. Yeah, and she's more relatable to me than Fleabag ever was. I mean, I love Fleabag, mm. but I not because I could really relate to her in a lot of ways. Yeah, yeah. Uh, but I think I'm going to feel that more with with Ruby. Mm. I thought she she did a great job. Oh, I also wonder where he was coming from. I know he said oh, he was right. in a bar, but you know, I guess it's feasible he could have been in Scotland where he says yeah. he is. Yeah. And then he flew similar the same flight of time, time and, be there too. and red eye, you know, because his would have been nighttime. Uh huh. But I'm in. I'm in. I'm definitely in. I'm going to keep watching it. I kind of wish there were three episodes at once the way they did Little Fires. Yes. I really like that. That's my favorite model so far because Netflix dumps everything at once. And I'm like, no. I need too some. Much. Too I much. need a little help pacing. A yes. little help. A little help. I totally agree with you. <laughs> but then this one thirty-minute episode, and then wait a week is really. This is old. I'm not a big fan. I, can't, I mean, this, <laughs> this is, is not like, a, not a big fan of this. This is back to like must see TV on NBC uh, in the '90s. I can't. I can't wait a whole week. What is that? I know. Like no. what, it's like rotary phone or something. Yeah. I, I don't know. But some really great female star power here phoebe waller bridge obviously we've known about vicky jones we've discussed in depth 
Jenny Robbins is also an executive producer who oh. Jenny was is the other mate of Phoebe Waller-Bridge who was also involved in Killing Eve mm-hmm. and and Fleabag. She had some brilliant pieces that she actually contributed to Fleabag season two. Like I don't did we talk about this the it, the statue at the end the whole scene with Godmother when she says like it's so nice to have her back mm-hmm. that was Jenny's idea. Oh, I did yeah. not. We didn't talk about that at the time. Yeah, yeah, I heard that on an interview. So, Jenny Robbins and then director Kate Dennis as well. It's some good, good female star power here. Nice. Oh, here seven episodes. That's oh. not very long. No, no. But Fleabag's only six and half hour too. Yeah, that's right. I did feel like, and I know we said this every week or every time, we didn't record mm. that every week, but every time we talked about Fleabag, that I couldn't believe how much she could get into a 26-minute oh, yeah. thing. I didn't yes. feel that with this. No. I felt like this was quick. Yeah, but I also felt that it was thin. I needed more. I yeah. needed more story. Phoebe Waller-Bridge's 30 minutes or really 26 minutes yeah. or whatever it was felt like a movie. Literally. Every yes, time, well, how much she could fit into, and I know we said it every time, but now when you see something to contrast it with, you're like, oh wow, like that yeah. actually really is amazing. Yeah, because I yeah. think this is more the norm. Except I'm watching Ozark right now, and that Ozark's another one where they pack so much in. I think it's just hard, and I wonder if this is a like a, a 2020 kind of thing that. Now we're expecting so many more people and characters. Little Fires. I mean, Little Fires, same thing. There's so much going on in every episode. Now those are an hour, so it feels more appropriate. But there's just so many characters we're following and so many storylines that we're following. This is just two people. Yeah, on a train. It's kind of hard to pull off. (laughs) It's true. No, it is. Yeah, yeah. But we're in. And what we need to come up with our own code word pact. I mean, Phoebe and Vicky have one. Come on. Yeah, that's our next assignment. <laughs> I'm in. I think that's it, though. Isn't this like Kate? I have an idea. Kate yeah. texts back. I'm in. <laughs> You're right. That's it. That is our thing. That is the thing. All right. This has been Pop Fiction Women with Corinne and Kate. If you loved this episode, please leave a review. And if you hated it, email us. We want to hash it out. Love us or hate us, don't forget to subscribe to our show wherever you get your podcasts. And keep it complicated.